Hey, teacher friend, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast, a podcast for teachers by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson, and each week I bring you a podcast full of practical and helpful ideas from teachers. We all know that teaching is really hard work, and I want this podcast to be a place for you to not only find ideas, but to also find encouragement and motivation. Hey, teacher friend, welcome to episode number 56. I am super pumped to share with you my live coaching session with Jordan. Jordan is going into her second year of teaching and was a lucky winner of the free coaching session after purchasing the Kickstart Your School Year course. Over the course of this season of the podcast, I'm going to be dropping bits and pieces of our coaching session to help you as you work through the school year. Today's episode, we're going to be talking all about my favorite classroom organization. Jordan bought the Kickstart School Year course and worked through it prior to our session, but we got to talk a little bit of extra specific stuff with her. So we go into the exact problems she's having in her classroom when it comes to organization. And I bet you have some of these problems too, like not having enough cabinets. That's crazy to me. But anyways, we're going to talk about how to work around that. We're going to talk about how to organize the classroom, different areas of the classroom. Guys, it can be done. Here is my session with Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Welcome to the Simply Teach podcast. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yes, I am really excited to talk to you today because you are one of the purchasers of the Kickstart Your School Year course and got a free coaching session out of it. So (laughs) two birds with one stone, right? Exactly. (laughs) So tell me a little bit... um, First, just tell the listeners a little background on who you are, where you teach. You don't have to go into any super detail or anything, but just some background details. Right. So my name is Jordan, and I'm going into my second year of teaching, so I'm still very new. Um, I teach in Maryland, and the district that I teach in, I, um, in college, um, I student interned there for half the year, and then I long-term sub. And then got a position full-time. So I teach um, fourth grade. So this is my second, going to my second year teaching fourth grade. But I've been in any grade from kindergarten to fifth grade. So you have quite the range of experience. Yeah, I try. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me a little bit about why you wanted to do a coaching session. Like what's the biggest stressor that you're feeling right now going into this new year? Um, I feel like for me, um, and probably for a lot of people, especially teachers, I'm very, very critical of myself. And I just, you know, and I know that the first year, I mean, it's a learning curve and, you know, it's tough, but I just felt like there has to be a better way, you know, like there has to be something that I can do so that I can be the best teacher that I can be for these kids. So I feel like um, for me, um, the biggest thing for me was the organizational piece. It's not something that comes like naturally to me, although I don't know. It's probably one of those things you just have to practice over time. But it's just like last year was just, it was like a hurricane went through my room every day. And it's really stressful because even if I am prepared, I feel like I'm not prepared because everything was everywhere and the kids can't focus because there's just clutter and chaos and confusion. So I really want to focus on that this year and start there and get better in that area and, and, and get better in the other areas as well. So you said a few things that I'm going to try to remember what you said and touch on them. Um, being critical of yourself. Like, I think that's just women in general and, 
I mean, I'm right there with you because I criticize myself every single day. Um, I can't help you there because (laughs) I'm in the same boat. But uh, you talk about organization being the place where you feel like maybe you should start. And I think that that's a really great strategy because I like to think of the classroom. When you think of your classroom, I like to kind of compare it to a cake. And I think I talk about this in the course where, you know, first you have to have your uh, classroom management plan in place. But then after that, you really need that organization piece because if things are disorganized and spread all over the classroom. And like you said, the kids feel stressed because there's clutter everywhere. That just adds to those behavior issues and time spent looking for things. So I agree with you that I think organization is a really good place to start because hopefully if you can get those things things streamlined, then the other stuff will kind of fall into place naturally. How many, so you teach fourth grade and I think you said, how many students are you going to have this year? It's a big question mark because, um, my administrator was on the fence about being departmentalized this year. We were not last year. Um, Uh it seems like she's leaning towards being departmentalized this year. So that could mean anywhere between, um, I would say probably anywhere between 50 to 60 kids. Unfortunately, we have large class sizes. So, yeah. So if, but if not, then probably around 20 to 25 kids, if we're just keeping a homeroom class. Okay. And just for the listeners, we're recording on what Monday morning. Yeah. yeah Monday. And you go back to school, like the kids come back next Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so you're less than two weeks out and still don't know what you're teaching. Isn't that like the story of education, right? Okay. So let's start out by talking about classroom organization, since that's the uh, biggest chunk that you want to work on. And when I sent you the survey to kind of get an idea of where you were feeling in these different areas, you scored classroom organization at a one, and you kind of already told us why. Now I want to go into more specifics and can you give me some examples and I'm going to take some notes. So if you hear typing, that's what I'm doing. Um, Can you give me some examples of like high need areas or areas in your classroom that you feel are very disorganized that you want to work on? Yes. Um, I would say the biggest, unfortunately, the the biggest area that was the most disorganized was my teacher area. So unfortunately our school, we, well, fortunately we um, got new classrooms last year before that there was an open space. So I I do have a brand new classroom, which is awesome, but uh, storage was not apparently, I don't know, in the budget. So I have like one skinny teacher cabinet with maybe like two shelves and then that's it. So there was not, and that for the entire room, that's the whole storage situation. So there wasn't a lot of places to put things. Um, And I just, I ended up just kind of shoving things into that, what space I did have to the point where I almost didn't even open my teacher cabinets because I didn't didn't know what would fall out. So I would say that would be the biggest need. (laughs) Okay. Do you, did you purchase any um, additional like storage cabinets or bookshelves or anything? Like, what do you have? I I don't want to encourage teachers to go buy stuff, but like when they give you one cabinet in your classroom, you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Exactly. Exactly. So as of right now, I have like, um, I have like some bins and like different sizes and things, but I haven't been able to really 
afford getting like a like I would love to have more cabinet space or just more shelving space. I mean, I have a couple of bookshelves I bought from my library, but other than that, that's it. And it it was really difficult finding furniture in my school because unfortunately I work in a title one school actually. And a lot of the teachers there are new because the the turnover rate is so Mm -hmm. high. So they all were in the same boat trying to get what they could. So right. Everybody's trying to be the first one. Uh, when you bought those bookshelves, did you buy them brand new or did you buy them used? Um, I actually think both of them were gifted to me. Um, now that I think about it and they were bought new. Okay. Because when teachers don't have storage in their classrooms, I think even just using like those kinds of bookshelves type things um, Mm -hmm. with baskets and bins, like you said, you were using kind of make uh, a good second choice for cabinets. And I know that they can get expensive. So have you considered like looking at garage sales or on Craigslist for any of that kind of stuff? I definitely am. I haven't. That was the plan this summer. It just didn't happen, but that is definitely an avenue to look at. Okay. And then we can also think of some creative ways. Like what are your um, student desk situations? Are they tables? Are they, what do they look like? So last year I had tables. This year I have brand new desks. So no more tables. Um, So yeah, I, I have just student desks. And unfortunately we're in a district or at least my school doesn't really like flex seating. So in my room is not that big and I have large class sizes. So it's kind of like most of the space in my room is taken up with all those desks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, One thing that maybe you could consider doing is, is your classroom set up yet? Are you, have you like gotten it set up or are you just still in the process? Still in the process. Okay. So I started last Thursday. Okay. Um, cause I'm thinking even like those big, I'm going based off what was in my classroom, but we had, um, big just tables with four legs on them. They weren't necessarily our teacher desks, but they were, I don't even know what they were used for. They were just big desks or tables that were, um, in various rooms in the school building. Um, if you can get your hands on one of those and using that as a putting it up against a wall and we could use basket. We, I'm not going to be there to help you, (laughs) but, uh, but you could use baskets and bins to stack on top of them. Um, and then like the bigger milk crate, uh, type, baskets to go underneath that would also be an option is because those are usually pretty cheap Mm -hmm. and I think I found some on Amazon the other day like a six pack of those milk crates Mm -hmm. um for maybe 30 or 40 dollars or something like that which I mean a bookshelf might be cheaper but you know you get more out of your buck there but um stacking some of those underneath the table so then you've got kind of like a shelf situation right unfortunately it's for everybody to see. It's not hidden. Um, but what kind of stuff did you store? You said everything. What are some of the things that you stored in that cabinet? Um, I had extra supplies in there for the students. Mm-hmm. So their journals, notebooks, um, paper, stuff like that. Um, let's see. I had um, whew, everything. I had, there was one tiny drawer for files. Okay. So I put all everything that could be filed was in there, which was 
did not work. Um, and just things I just didn't know where to put. So I don't know, leftover things from lessons, um, cups, you know, everything you could. Think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing you could consider doing in your cabinet is, uh, breaking it up into like each shelf kind of having a theme or, um, so you said like cups, I'm assuming that's from like a science project or something like that. Um, you know, having a science shelf, a math shelf, whatever, and then putting just materials for those different topics or subjects on that shelf. Um, Mm -hmm. so then you still kind of have some organization and if it doesn't fit on there, then you either have to get rid of it or you have to find something else in the shelf that isn't as needed. Cause I also think as teachers, we can tend to hoard things that we don't necessarily need out of fear. Does your school have a, um, like a science material closet or anything like that? Do you know? We have a grade level closet. It's fourth and fifth grade and everything lives there. So okay. <laughs> trying to go in there if I don't need to. Yeah. Cause that was one thing that helped when, when our campus got a closet for those things is like, then I didn't necessarily have to store them in my classroom. Right. Right. And does the team like the fourth and fifth grade team, do they keep that organized or no? Is that a hot mess? Well, I'm actually, my team did a really great job, um, before I got there, um, keeping it organized. Um, not going to speak badly about the fifth grade team. They were a new team, so I'm sure they just weren't sure, you know, how to organize it. So, you know, but we we do a pretty good job. Like on, we have, you know, just on our side to keeping it. So it's one big organized. closet, fourth on one side, fifth on the other. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, what about your files? You said you had files in that drawer. What kind of stuff did you have in there? Um, I kept things like anything that came back, the kids would turn into me like field trip forms, um, permission slips. Um, you know, since I'm a new teacher, I, I meet with a advisor mm-hmm. and anything that she gives me, I put in there, anything from professional development. Um, let's see. Um, and then honestly, I, I hate to say it. Sometimes I just threw things in there, even if I didn't know what it was or if they had a label or anything, it's kind of any loose paper, just kind of threw it in there. So you're being honest. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think there's probably teachers that are going to be listening that are like, yep, that's me. I mean, we've all been there right. because what's stressful and, you know, you being a first year teacher last year is there's so much stuff constantly coming in and there's so much like, it just feels like your brain can never shut off because there's always something to be doing or, um, and that, I mean, that doesn't really go away after your first year. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, I guess you just learn to like, let things go a little bit more. Um, but that's also part of like the first year stress in the organization is like, unfortunately, organization falls on the bottom of the totem pole because it, there's, you've got to teach, you know, and that's what comes first. Um, with your files, uh, your permission slips and stuff, which, how long would you hang on to them for? If I was being good, like after the trip was over, then I would go and throw them out once I noticed them. I mean, sometimes I just would forget and didn't notice. Um, but once the trip is over, I went ahead and got rid of them. Okay. You said you filed stuff for kids. Yeah. I would file like assessments okay. and the report cards and stuff like that. I would put that in there. 
Okay, so a couple things to think about, and this kind of goes against what I think people would probably think I would say about classroom organization, but uh, I didn't really organize a whole lot of my student files. My first few years, I did. I had a folder for every kid, and anytime anything came in, I would put it in that folder. I would put their assessments, but then I found that I was taking too much time um, mm-hmm. spending, like, sorting all that stuff, right. so I'm wondering if you could consider... Uh, just having a spot in your classroom where you kept all the assessments um, and just bundle them up instead of taking time to sort them and taking space in your filing cabinet. Maybe you have one of those milk crates and in it, you just put all the, all the assessments. And then if you actually need the assessment, you can go and grab it. Right. Um, Right. And, also, do you collect like student information at the beginning of the year? Or was that stuff that you ever filed in there? Um, like emergency contact. Mm-hmm. So the, the office has to keep it and I intended to have a copy. And I just didn't realize in my school that you had to make your own copy. I thought that they would make the copies for me. So I didn't have it last year, but I always intended to keep them. So I had a reference. Mm-hmm. Um. Because you could also do like a Google, if you want that for this year, um, Mm -hmm. a Google spreadsheet or something. Like what kind of things could you... And then like digitize? like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What could you take from your filing cabinet? So you didn't have a file cabinet, yeah? No. Yeah, I did not. That's annoying. Yeah. I'm sorry. I keep going. (laughs) Ever (laughs) since living in Germany, I have this really bad habit of saying yeah at the end of my sentences because that's how the German. So I find myself talking English to people and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry if that becomes a a new staple in my vocabulary. Um, But yeah, think about what you could digitize. Okay. Because even like most of my lesson materials that I would use, if I had extras, I just chunked them because I had the digital copy. Right. And that was now that I think that was something I held on to as well. Any extra copies of all the lessons went in there. So mm-hmm. yeah, okay. and keep a few for uh, whenever kids, you know, are absent or if they lose it or something. Keep a few for a little while, but then let it go. And also with your like permission slips or that kind of stuff, I use those uh, within my cabinet. I had a bunch of. Like, and I can send you a picture of it, but I had a bunch of those like little drawer, drawer, like they were three drawers in one little plastic bin that you could yeah. open up. And it was just enough for paper to fit in. Right. And, you know, I had two or three of those in my cabinet and a stackable trays in my cabinet. So then I could still organize within my cabinet, even right. on one shelf, I could have, you know, two or three different organization tools. And I always had a tray that was kind of like those, those permission slip, that stuff that I needed to hang on to, but I didn't need to hang on to forever. Mm -hmm. And I would just keep them in there. And then once the filter puts over, I would get rid of them. Right. So then it, it didn't go into an actual file anywhere, but I still had them all in one central location. Right. Right. So that might be something to think about when it comes to your file cabinet. Less is more, I think, with filing papers because we don't need that much nowadays. Right, which I I wish I had 
realized last year, I thought every piece of paper was important. So I was like holding on to everything and it it got out of control. (laughs) And those, you know, think about also those professional development papers that come in. Uh, What of that can you scan in and put into a folder so that way you have it forever? Um, You could also, one thing I recommend is having, if you are going to keep up your file cabinet and you are going to keep things in there, have those whether you use the hanging folders or manila folders in there to organize things, mm-hmm. have a bunch of empty ones ready to go. So as soon as something comes in that you're like, hmm, I'm not sure where this goes, you can either create a folder for it or you can create a miscellaneous folder that you right. put that stuff and then, you know, once a month or so go through it. Okay. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great um, suggestion. I didn't think of. I want to tell you about one of my most favorite products that I use every single day, my Cultivate What Matters Power Sheets Planner. You've probably heard me mention it before because I've talked about it on the podcast and I've written a whole blog about it. Essentially, Power Sheets are a goal planning journal, but they do way more than help you make the goals. They cause you to assess and evaluate your priorities. Laura Casey from Cultivate What Matters has put together this amazing planner. At the beginning of it, you have about 20 pages of self-reflection. Things like your big dreams for when you're 80, your ideas for the upcoming year. You identify boxes that you live in and ways that you can break out of them. You take time to really think through who you are and what you want to be about. And at the beginning of each quarter, you have the opportunity to rate different areas of your life, like your health, your friends, your spouse, finances, yada, 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 all the different things. And then you make goals based on everything that you uprooted about yourself. And then each month you create actionable steps to meet your goals and build your dreams. This is how I'm growing the Simply Organized Teacher. This is how I'm working on improving my marriage. This is how I'm growing my relationship with God. I've written down my huge God dreams and then broken them into bite-sized pieces that I can tackle each quarter, each month, each week, each day. If this sounds like something you went in on, then head to my website. I've got a blog all about it with pictures. I also will have the power sheets linked up on the resources page so you can find all the things I'm loving right in one spot. So head to the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash resources to get your copy of the power sheets. So what are some other organization questions that you have? Well, moving away from the teacher area, um, Mm -hmm. students, like I, I think I mentioned last year, I had tables and organizing their materials was, I mean, it was a nightmare. I got one of those, I got them like seat pouches, um, Mm -hmm. back in their chairs. So they had, you know, all their folders and journals and books, all, all of it just went in there. And I tried to like, for certain, like for reading, I would collect their folders and journals because we moved around a little bit for reading and then like storing those in a place that made sense where they can come like easily grab it and get back to their seats. Um, Cause I had it all in one crate and you know, they were all, it was like a mad dash to get to the crate and pushing and stuff. So then I just had a few people go to the crate and hand them out. And that took like 15 minutes. I was like, Oh my goodness. So yeah, I mean, luckily this year I do have desks, but even still just thinking about how I want to organize it because I most likely will have to, if we're departmentalized, I'll have different classes coming in, coming in and out. So 
having their material materials organized and then even the community supplies. I had a cart of community supplies and I think part of it is I didn't really teach teach the kids well enough like when to grab the supplies and how to use them because we were out before December. We were out of supplies and I was like, what happened? Like we had all these supplies and they were gone in like a couple of months. Um so I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to hold captive community supplies and, and monitor it, but I also don't want, you know, them to be, I want them to be easily accessible, but not that when they walk, I mean, they were walking in the door and just grabbing 10 pencils mm-hmm. <laughs> for the day. So, yeah. yeah. So let's start with uh, your student desk. Do you have a picture of them by any chance? By any chance? I wish I did. I do not. Okay. Do they have cubbies in them? Do they have some kind of storage yeah. in them? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm assuming just, I'm assuming it's the desk with, you know, the top and then one right. cubby underneath. Right. Okay. So a couple ways you could do this. One, you could have just maybe your homeroom. Would you have two classes? Is that what you're thinking? Two classes that you would, if you're departmentalized? Um, that's what she's leaning towards. She hasn't okay. na- nailed it down, but hopefully that's it. <laughs> okay. Not more than two. <laughs> if, hopefully. if not, it could be four. It could be all four. She's not sure. So, hmm. I don't When is she going to make this I decision? Know. I don't know. I would like to know. <laughs> you're like, I'm asking the same thing. Right. <laughs> okay. So... Let's go with the two class right. and hope that that's what you get. And while I'm talking about this, I'll try to think through four classes just in case. Yeah. But what I'm thinking is one class, your homeroom, mm-hmm. the desk could be where they store their stuff. Okay. And then having, you said you had crates where all the reading stuff would be. What if you had instead, based on subject, you had a crate for each table. Okay. So then... Only one person, you could still do the only one person gets the stuff out of the crate, but they only have to go to this one crate. So they're not waiting for the rest of the kids to get their stuff or having to look through 20 kids. They've only got to look through four or five. That was actually going to be my question. Back up. Mm -hmm. How do you group your kids? Are they in groups like teams or do they sit in rows or how do they sit? I usually do teams um, between four to six. Okay. So yeah, they're already in teams. I would do that then, uh, a crate for each team. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have four crates, one for each table is what are five, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the homeroom stores their stuff in the cubby or vice versa. It doesn't matter, but you know, whatever works for you. The other option, which might be kind of risky, it would depend on your students and how well you can trust them, but you could also, think about color coding things Mm -hmm. where, you know, your homeroom is the red group and your uh, partner's homeroom is the blue group and all their stuff in there is red or blue. And then everybody keeps their stuff in their desk. Oh yes. And they only have, you know, they only get what's theirs. I don't know. That's adds a bit of challenge because you have to get color coded stuff. Mm -hmm. But I don't even know how big the desks are, if, they, if it would be feasible to put two folders side by side in there. And it's like, okay, the left is the homeroom, the right is 
the other class. I think it would be possible. It's something I can look at when I go into the yeah. classroom. Yeah. Because then you don't have to worry about buying crates or the storage of those crates because that also, right. you know, adds to the to the clutter in the classroom. Exactly. And with being in a small room, you know, I was finding that even adding a few things just out just made it seem so like so much less space. That was the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but that's something I can I can try when I go when I go in today and see if I can fit two in there. Yeah. Or, okay, another option I'm thinking through, I don't know how much stuff they keep in their desk, if it's just a few folders or if it's also textbooks. What do you So we have one uh, textbook for uh, referenced in readings, like a short stories type of thing. Um, Other than that, we don't have any other textbooks. For each subject, they have a folder and composition book, and they have, we have about four subjects, math, reading, writing, science, science and social studies, we share a journal and, and folder. So Yep. So those four things, and then their treasures book, you know, their reading book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I assume they is it one per kid, or do you have like if you're splitting kids, will you have one that both kids that sit at that desk will share? I would have one for both kids. Okay. So another option you could do is at Target or Walmart, wherever Amazon, I'm sure they sell um, Ziploc bags that are like two or three gallons. Okay. They're pretty big. Mm-hmm. And they were big enough that that's what I actually used as my book bags for my kids. But you could also fit folders and stuff in there. So you could give each kid one of those big Ziplocs. They put all of their folders and composition books in there and then in the desk. And then it keeps, if there's not enough room for things to be side by side, maybe they can be stacked on top, but they're still separated by their baggy right. of their stuff. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. So there's a few ideas for that when it comes. So you said they're pencil boxes. Yes. Yeah. Um, last year I got to the point that I said, at first I was storing their pencil boxes on a shelf um, because we had tables. So you, there was nowhere to put them. And then it was like, I kind of, the seat pockets I bought had a little like Velcro thing on it. So I said, just have two pencils and eraser, you know, and that's it. And, and put your pencil box in your lockers. Um, this year, I don't know. Um, I mean, they, it's on their supply list, so they usually come with it every year. Um, and I'm not sure if we, if my teammate was thinking of them traveling with it or not to the different classes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's a question mark, too. Okay. When you say community materials, you said that you had a place that they would come and like grab pencils and what did that look like? How did they, was it like whenever they ran out of stuff, they went and got stuff from there or how did that work? So I actually did have caddies at their tables and in the caddies they had um, pencils, glue sticks, scissors, and post-it notes. I did have a job that was like the table manager and if they were low on any of those things, then they would go to one of those rainbow carts and grab what they needed. Um, what ended up happening was, you know, the, the caddies were distracting. So all day they were just pulling out post-it notes <laughs> and I don't know. So I think what ended up happening is that people other than the table managers were going into the supply cart 
because they were like, well, I don't have a pencil and there's no pencil here. And I, and, you know, so they would just kind of grab what they wanted. And it was like, no matter how many times I went back and was like, okay, only if it's your job, then only you, you know, needs to go and refill the caddies and retard it, retard it, retard it. It was just, I don't know. I'm not sure why that was. I wasn't expecting that to be that difficult, to be honest, but it was. So, yeah. Well, it's like they, yeah, it seems something so simple, but they yeah. get so excited over it. And it's like, how many times do I have to explain this? So I would consider putting your extra materials away and not having them access them. Uh, what you could do instead is say, okay, we're, you know, this is your team. We're going to be at this table for the next six to eight weeks. Uh, when we move tables, then I will um, give you new supplies mm, okay. for in your caddy. And so at, what I did was I would, then they knew they had to hang on to that stuff for a good period of time, because I think the problem with last year is they right. always knew they could always get more. So they didn't take good as care of them. They just went and got as many as they needed, not thinking about, we have to keep these all year. So if you set up something where it's like, you know, you only get new stuff once every four, six, eight weeks, whatever you find mm-hmm. works for you, then that will help right. them be a little bit more accountable and not being so greedy with it. That doesn't mean you can't give them. I mean, glue, for example, is one thing that I was always right. having to give out new throughout the throughout the year because it just goes so much quicker. But I kept that stuff. It was in a spot where my kids could come and get it if they needed to. But it was more of like they had to, because it was in a cabinet behind a door, they had to ask for permission first. So maybe adding in like a little extra layer of protection of that, those materials. So that way they're not just a free for all. That's definitely something I want to do this year because I mean, it was before December and we were out of supplies. I was like, oh no. And I would even consider too your caddies. Like if you, if you want to go with the caddies again this year. So my kids had pencil boxes, but I told them that they didn't really need them, that they could take them home. A few of them, a lot of the girls would keep them with their own special little stuff. Um, The first few years it drove me crazy. I was like, no, I said, we're doing it this way. I, by the time I left the classroom, I was like, who cares? As long as it's not distracting, you know, but, um, the caddy, you know, I would keep their materials in a community setting and then we only had them on the table when they actually needed them. So if you have a caddy with pencils and post-its and crowns and whatever's in there, you could have the table, what'd you call it? The table manager? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. Table managers were, you know, we need crowns. Mm -hmm. Can you get the caddy, put it up on the table? Okay. Okay. Give them 30 seconds to get their stuff. Table managers, will you put the caddies back on the ground now? We don't need them anymore. Right. Okay. To kind yeah. of take away that, no. you know, distraction right. piece. Right. No, that's great because, yeah, it just sat out for anybody and everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah. Okay. How does that help you with student area stuff? Um, I think that was really helpful, especially um, thinking about being departmentalized because I was, you know, like I said, we weren't last year. So I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but no. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. 
So if you do have to do three or four classes, I think you could then consider doing one crate per table. But within that crate, uh, you could somehow divide it. Mm -hmm. So two or three classes stuff could fit in there. Okay. Um, Just trying to think of like a housing, you know, I always say everything needs a home. So a home situation. And then how can you divide that one home, a crate into smaller little homes with, you know, for each class. Instead of trying to do like subject, like. Yeah. yeah. Because I think with the subject, you're running into the issue of even if only four or five kids are coming to get stuff, they've got to look through the whole thing yeah. for their team members. And then that I, that's probably where your time got taken. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Is there anything else classroom organization you want to talk about? Because I also want to give us time to talk about the other stuff too. Yes. Um, okay. uh, yeah, I think I'm good. I, I think the only thing I was a big concern for this year, I just wanted to be so that the kids can functionally use my room. Like, where everything mm-hmm. makes sense. They can access to the library. They have access to extra space to work. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it flows. And I thought mm-hmm. that didn't happen last year. It was a lot of, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. So a couple things to think about the flow. When you set up your classroom, try to put everything up against the walls. Mm-hmm. So you're not creating... I think something that I fell into the trap of and a lot of teachers fall into the trap of is they want to make little nooks like a library nook or a math station nook Mm -hmm. or this, but like create little different areas within their room. But I found that when I opened my classroom up by putting everything up against the wall, bookshelves, cabinets, uh, or, you know, like our school gave us these big um, brown cabinets that had little boxes for organizing stuff Mm in them. Uh, when I found that I put everything up against the wall, I felt like my classroom opened up a lot. And then I set my teams in groups of four. So the four desks were grouped together. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so then kids could walk around. Like I didn't have rows or columns or any of the like tables where, you know, it's like two or four tables and then two tables going. Right. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm trying to show with my, (laughs) um, so that people weren't necessarily having to like dodge around a bunch of different stuff. Right. And then creating, like still have those nooks or those areas in your room, like your library, your math, right. by putting all of the reading related anchor charts, library, uh, literacy stations, all that stuff in one area, okay. mm-hmm. all the math stuff in another area, all the science stuff in another area. So then you aren't having to bounce around from, area to area of the classroom. Right. Right. You know, all the student materials are stored. If you do the bins or the crates, like all of the stuff that they need is stored in one central location in the classroom. So they're not having to go from one end to the other, trying to find stuff. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what it was last year. They had to go, you know, all around to get what they needed. So. Hey, I know that you are loving this podcast, so I want to take one quick second to tell you about the Classroom Organization Guidebook. This guidebook I created about my favorite thing, classroom organization, and how to help you get your classroom organized. So if you feel like you're constantly scratching your head trying to figure out 
how do I set up this area in my classroom or how do I use it to its fullest potential, then this resource is created just for you. In fact, I had numerous teachers emailing me or DMing me or filling out the survey I have whenever they join my email list and they're always asking the same questions. Can you tell me how to organize this area in my classroom? How do I do this? How do I get my papers organized over and over again? So instead of answering a bajillion times, I created this guidebook. It's over 40 pages of organization goodness. It's broken down into four sections, classroom setup, teacher resources, staying organized, which is super important, and also student organization. And each section has got a lot of pictures, ideas, tips for organizing the different areas. Plus at the end of each section is a list of action steps. And at the end of the whole packet, I have a list of extra resources that will be helpful to you. And also I link to all the different products that I used in my classroom that are going to help you achieve that organization. I tell you exactly what you need for each of the areas in your classroom. So I'm going to talk about how to organize your teacher desk, your math centers, your small group teaching area, your classroom library, your cabinets. Literally, I like this is what I did when I planned it. I went through every area in my classroom. I wrote it down and then I typed out exactly how to organize it so that it's functional and useful, but also clutter free, organized and it is nice to look at because if you're going to be in your classroom for 10 hours a day, you want it to look and feel pretty, right? So you can head to the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash classroom organization guidebook learn or just go to the show notes because I know that's long uh, to get all the information about everything that's in there and purchase your copy. All right, you guys, there are lots of actionable tips right there in that episode. And you just wait because we talked for a whole hour and a half. So there's more where that came from. If you want to read about any of the tips we talked about, I'll link to all the helpful blog posts and podcast episodes in this week's show notes. And if you want to get access to the Kickstart Your School Year course, you still can, even though it's not the beginning of the school year, probably where you are, you can still get this course and it can still help you work through some of these things for your classroom. And then guess what? You have it for next year. Head to the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash kickstart dash sales to get all the info. When you purchase the course, you're going to get lifetime access to the course and all the materials. So even though you start now, you get to do that first day of school stuff and go back over again at the beginning of next year. You get video teachings on self-care, classroom management, classroom organization, all the first day stuff you need, a downloadable workbook to help you as you work through it, downloadable resources and PDF documents that I used in my actual classroom, along with some extra bonus items, a sub-planning guide, paper organization workflow, and the classroom organization guidebook. All right, guys, I ask this every week, and I would love, 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 love it if you could head over to iTunes to rate and review the podcast. It would help me out so much. I appreciate it. And if you can hear, there's Milo. He's agreeing. He wants you to go leave a rating and review. I'd really appreciate it. And guys, I will see you back here next week for episode number 57. We're going to talk about the top three areas in your classroom that you need to organize. All right, I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Simply Teach. Remember all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and access to the Simply Organized Teacher email list is all over my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. Also, you can find me on Instagram at the Simply Organized Teacher. Guys, I'm going to be your social media friend. I want to interact with you, so come find me. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com.